You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan Chambers, and alongside my brothers Chris and James, we are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Go and use that promo code THPN the next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook and also Raycon. We thank you for being their sponsors of our episode, this podcast, and all of THPN. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? We doing okay? Doing great. I woke up yesterday and the stars were still on the hockey goings. Man, great start to the podcast. But yes, <laughs> I'm happy the stars are still playing hockey. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty much in the same mood, other than my game canceling. <laughs> They're like second biggest thing they ever made. Oh my gosh. But I... I don't even want to get into it. That Join much. that on our on our spinoff podcast, Gamer Boys. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> Gamer Boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least have to tell us what game it was, James. It what was game Overwatch. Was it? Oh, they were making a whole like PVE like campaign mode, and they can't and, uh, save it for Gamer Boys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, well. We are here tonight because the Dallas Stars are still in the playoffs, guys. It's it's incredible. It's amazing what they've done. They're in the final four. They're one of four teams remaining in the NHL playoffs. They are going to be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights in a rematch of the 2020 bubble playoffs. This time, it's actually going to be in front of fans. So that will be even more fun for uh, both Vegas fans and Dallas fans alike to enjoy. And for the first time this playoffs, the Stars do not have home ice advantage. So the games start on Friday in Vegas, and we will not get a home game for the Dallas Stars until this upcoming Tuesday. So we're going to get in. for the first time in the playoffs, we're going to get normal start times for every game. Woo! That is nice. NHL finally figured it out. It only took them three... The, three they rounds just had to, to get rid of half the teams. Yeah. More than half. Three quarters of the teams. Okay. So uh we're gonna start tonight with a we're, we're gonna do we're gonna do a little bit of a couple of things. I think because of how relevant it is right now and because it just happened yesterday, I think we need to discuss the coyote situation a little bit. We're not gonna go super into depth about it, but I still think we need to mention that a little bit because it is relevant news right now. And we're going to dive into the Stars and Golden Knights series and talk about all the storylines of that, talk about players for the Stars, talk about players for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first off, I told James about this, but I did not tell Chris about this before we came on live. So it's going to be very fun to see his reaction and see how this works, okay? So I was on Twitter, I don't know, about four or five hours ago. And there is a call by the Dallas Stars admin on Twitter for a rope chain. So I was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. So I added rope in for from the podcast Twitter. And I was just like, what could we do even more that would be even more fun? And this was born. And I thought it would be interesting to do this. So I said, totally jokingly, by the way, totally joking. I wasn't being serious about this. Play the tequila song, but instead of yelling tequila, we should yell rope. And I tagged Shippy in it because I thought, ah, oh, this would be funny just to do. And I said, can we make this happen? And what does he do? He actually says, I'll play it. Y'all just got to yell rope. And then when you look at the comments and all the retweets and stuff like that, other than what this one Sean person who said, I've got a request. And I said, how about no? But there's like Lindsay and Chris and Mr. Christopher. Everyone's on board. And they're like, we got to make this thing happen. So what we're going to do right now is we are actually going to practice the tequila with the rope. So here we go, gentlemen. 
Chris? I'm uncomfortable. Good. <laughs> I told you you wouldn't be. There we go. We're going to make sure this audio works. Hopefully, y'all can hear this. Is and this copyrighted? I don't, I don't care. care if we get demonetized. I don't care. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> we're getting strikes. You're just going to have to figure it out, Chris. Well, we'll hopefully, our channel is still up. I mean, if we keep talking over the whole thing, it'll be harder for them to do like this. <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortably long. <laughs> coming up, coming up. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? It's gonna be totally off because we're online. Here we go. Right Rope Rope Okay, that's enough of that. Okay. All right. I think Ryan is officially old now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pulled I pulled a dad jokes. It's not yes, that funny. Not that I showed funny. my age. I know. I don't care, okay? If it happens, it happens. We got to practice it. Okay. Anyways, let's get into the actual actual real podcast stuff here. All right. So, today I know it's, it's kind of hard to change. Chris, Chris is just dying. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm over it. I'm over it. Here we go. Um Anyways, uh, we got to get into the coyote situation. Another a funny bit. situation. Uh, well, not as funny. <laughs> no, it's more funny. It's, more it's, funny. it's more, pretty. It's pretty no, funny. This is just sad. This is just sad, guys. Like for real. Um, okay, so add to the point of being funny. Uh, so Arizona has spent the last two years on this project they have entitled the Tempe Entertainment District. It went to a vote to the people of Tempe. It would cost the, the taxpayers legit nothing, according to the oh, Arizona Coyotes, uh, which is slightly true, but also slightly not true. And the referendum is what it was called to allow this district to be built, even though the Tempe, uh, I guess the, the council voted seven to nothing in favor of it. It was highly, highly not very good for the Coyotes. And the vote went to crap for the Arizona Coyotes. So now they are back at square one, gentlemen. They do not have an arena that they said they were going to have built. They do not have anything. And they didn't even have a plan B at this point. Yeah. So what did you, what was your initial thoughts when you? heard the news of this referendum failing yeah so they have come out and said that they are playing next season in mullet arena still so we're not going to see an instant uh movement of the team like we've seen before um but yeah i don't i i don't see how you keep trying at, at that point i mean the, the people don't want you there the, the yeah. referendum like sure it was on should we have this entertainment district it was really on should we keep the Arizona Coyotes and the people there where the arena would be said no. And I don't know how you can keep trying at that point. The only thing that would keep them there is their owner that recently purchased the team only bought it so that he could get the uh, so sports, he integrate sports betting with it. Yeah. But how hard are you really going to try on <laughs> such a, a bad franchise since the beginning? I mean, it's not worth it. You got to move them. It's uh, my, my first thought out of my head was yikes. Cause like it, it really felt like they were just talking it up. Like, Oh, they're just going to pass on the yeah. vote. It's going to be easy. Sound like a slam dunk build. Yeah. We're going to build the stadium here. We're going to keep them here. But now it's like, now we're going to start up all the rumors, all uh, coyotes to Houston coyotes to Toronto, wherever, you know, <laughs> might as well. I mean, seriously, there's been like, talks about it. On? Yeah. I think it'd be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> Two Toronto teams. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> I, I, I thought it. I think it'd be fun. No, I, I can't stand one fan base already. All right, the, this is like the only the only. Imagine problem... having two teams from the same fan base. <laughs> I mean, 
Well, it splits oh. the fan base in half. You see, then mm. then we only have to deal with half of of yeah, what the Toronto Maple Leafs are now. Perfect plan. But, but then the hardcore conquer. fans are twice as worse. There's nope, twice as many of them because they're twice as worse. Nope. Okay. But okay. So anyway, the uh, the Arizona's cat uh, the blah blah blah. The Arizona Coyotes came out with a statement and said, we are very disappointed Tempe voters did not approve propositions 301, 302, 303, talking about the entertainment district, the arena, all of the stuff. As Tempe Mayor Corey Wood said, it was the best sports deal in Arizona history. The Coyotes wish to thank everyone who supported our efforts and voted yes. So along with this, they have made a lot of push to say we're staying in Arizona we're staying in Arizona we're not going anywhere this is the first time that we've kind of seen from the organization that there's no attachment to the Phoenix area at this point which kind of signifies that there could be a possible relocation of this franchise um thoughts on that yeah in the Cody's most recent post that they made they did show a little bit more like hey we're gonna try everything we can to stay in arizona so kind of back to some of the original language but not nearly as strong as it has been i mean we've heard even as much as gary bettman saying the team won't move for 30 years at, at some point so it, yeah if it, they had gotten that passed yes yeah. it's definitely a change of uh a position and it looks like relocation is definitely much more on the table but I, I think the main thing keeping them there is really the owner. I don't think that their owner wants them to move. James? I don't think he has a choice. Like like you said, Chris, I mean, it went to a vote that the city as a whole voted on, and they said no. <laughs> and it's not like it was close either. It, it no, was it not wasn't. close. It was not, it was not like it was like 51 to 49%. It was not close. So... I mean, if you're Alex Marorello, the owner of the Arizona Coyotes, you've got two options. You keep fighting to try and find something. You beg the Phoenix Suns to let you use their building. Uh, you, you, you just keep fighting, or you just say, drop it and say, screw it, I'm done, and you sell the team. I mean, we've seen all of these groups right now that put in bids for the Ottawa Senators. I mean, could we see maybe one of those groups offer a contract to Alex Marello and say, hey, are you sick of dealing with this? We'll take the team and we'll relocate them so you don't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah, I think the most likely thing that happens is that he sells the team and they get moved probably to Houston. James, what do you think? I think the league's going to try even harder to keep them in Arizona. Cause I mean, they've doubled down to the point where the team is playing in yeah. an arena that's smaller than most like minor league arenas. Honestly, it is. Th they're going to try to the very end to keep them there. Yeah. And it's going to be probably another couple of years of this joke of a team the that lives in Arizona. My thing is they're already at rock bottom and they just lost again. They were playing in, a, in an arena smaller than the Allen Americans arena. Mm -hmm. The Allen Americans have a higher attendance than the Phoenix Coyotes do. And we're, and they just lost the biggest thing that they've been doing for the past two years. How do you keep trying? Yeah. And here's something I, I was actually thinking about too. I'm glad Brooke was thinking about this. Uh, did y'all see what Keller's dad tweeted? Yeah, he's uh, basically Clayton, uh, Clayton Keller, who is their best player not even close hands down he's a phoenix coyote through and through it his dad basically said that he wants out and he doesn't want to be in arizona anymore so and then that also brings up the fact that it's going to be really hard for the arizona coyotes to get anybody to come to Arizona and, and play hockey for them any free agents that is i mean they they already had most of the players on their team we're from the AHL. I mean, honestly, like they're still good players. They're still solid players, but it's, it's obvious that they are not at the same level as some of these other teams. And they're not supposed to be necessarily tanking right now either. They're supposed to be, I mean, they've been in like a rebuild for like years. It seems like it's like worse than the, 
than the Buffalo Sabres rebuild. Like mm-hmm. that's that's where we're at. That's how bad it is. Yeah. It also makes me think that Gary Bettman expected this to fail because when Seattle was introduced into the league, they could have moved anybody to the central division, but they obviously moved Arizona because of all the problems that Arizona has had. And Arizona is now in the central division. So when it comes to relocation, we've seen all sorts of cities be thrown out there. We've seen Kansas city. We've seen Quebec city. We've seen uh, Hartford, Hamilton. This team, if it gets relocated is not going to Canada. I'm sorry. And it's nothing against Canada. Canada would fully support another hockey team. It's just the fact that the money there just does not work. And that's something that I don't know the exact numbers on. I just know that there are people that are a lot smarter than me when it comes to being an economist that tell me that these things don't work in Canada. It it just won't do very well. So the option that is the most likely is of course Houston, Texas. It's the fourth largest metro area in the United States, according to Zach. And I did know that. And it's the largest metro area that does not have an NHL team right now. And on top of that, you also have to consider the guys up at the top of the NHL. When you look at the board of governors, the chairman of the board of governors is the owner of the Boston Bruins, who is his name is Jeremy Jacobs. He's been an owner for a very long time. He has a huge amount of influence over the direction of the NHL and what it does and where it goes. He has said in the past that a team in Houston really seems like a good idea to him, and he would really love to see a hockey team in Houston. Houston has really rich people who have said in the past, we want a hockey team here. They have a building there in Houston already that is able to accommodate a team. Arizona does not have one. (laughs) So the... And then, so the thing that we, the three of us were talking about over our group chat this afternoon was how does this really affect the stars and how does it look going forward? Is it a detriment to the Dallas stars? Is it a good thing for the Dallas stars? We've talked about it before, but what, what's your ideas on all of this as I hit my microphone? Yeah. So the stars definitely wouldn't like it. Um, I, I think that's kind of apparent. I think there's some foresight with the whole marketing campaign that's going on for the stars, the one state, one team thing, Texas hockey, all that is kind of trying to draw Texas as a larger audience rather than just DFW under their umbrella. Um, So, so they would fight it hard. um, But you brought up a good point in our group chat that Gagliardi probably doesn't have a lot of influence over the board of governors and would be tough for him alone to restrict that from happening. Um, and then just also just a personal anecdote from living in College Station, the people in Dallas know what hockey is and they know who the Dallas Stars are. Houston people do not know about the Dallas Stars. They they don't know that hockey's a thing. So it so right is it really a detriment to the Stars if they throw a team in Houston because most people don't even know who the who the Dallas Stars even are. It's definitely a detriment because there are still some Houston hockey fans and you still have that as a potential market. If Houston does decide they like hockey, the team that they would go to would be Dallas because it'd be the only team in Texas. So it's, it's the loss of a potential market in the future, but yeah, I don't think you would lose a lot of stars fans that become Houston fans just because Houston has a team now, but Houston would be able to make a lot more people aware of hockey for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, in my opinion, more more than what y'all think, honestly. I think that it it grows the sport as a whole in, in Texas in general. It's going to make more people pay attention to the games that happen between Houston and Texas. I mean, that's just that's that's going to happen. And also, like every other major sport also has a team in Houston and they don't have a problem. I know hockey is not as big, but if you're looking at at hockey growing and you want hockey to be able to keep compete with them i mean they're it's gonna be fine honestly i don't think it's gonna be a problem yeah i don't think it'll be a big deal either and it will definitely grow hockey in general i mean to mm-hmm. not have a team in houston already honestly is kind of criminal i mean fourth like zach said the fourth largest metro area in the nation has no hockey team that's that's kind of tough 
Well, and, and back when the WHA was a thing, the World Hockey Association, they had the Houston Arrows. And a lot of people don't know this, but one of the greatest hockey players of all time, Gordie Howe, was, played on a line with two of his sons for the Houston Arrows. So I I think it would work just fine. I really do. And actually, and, old, older folks in Houston do actually know more about hockey than the younger people. And I've actually seen that as well. Some of the older people in hockey, they remember the arrows. And they whenever I bring up hockey, they always talk about Gordie Howe. So it's definitely a market down there with the, I mean, even just a little bit younger <laughs> Houston population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is that the team has to stay in the Central Division. So you're, you're looking right in the middle of the United States, pretty much. Right. And there, and there are other options rather than the ones mm-hmm. I mentioned. Uh, Ardell in the comment section is saying Salt Lake City. I, I, I would agree with that one, actually, because they've got the only team I think they have is the Utah Jazz, right? That's it. So that might be a good option for hockey to go to. And I don't know. That that, that might be something that you could look into. Um, Kansas City. I don't remember if I mentioned Kansas City, but Kansas City back in the day used to have uh, the Kansas City Scouts. It was a long, long time ago. I believe that was another WHA team as well. And what I'm, what else am I thinking? Some people have said Portland, but again, that's more of a a Pacific division side, but again, they could still make it work. Um, So it's not like there aren't options here. You guys there, it's not like there's not options. I just don't see a way that Arizona can find something in Arizona. I just, at this point I would throw up my hands and say, I'm done. All right. We talked about that too long. Let's talk about the stars. Okay. All right. So fun things, fun things. Okay. That was not as fun to talk about. All right. Dallas stars versus the golden Knights. What do we want to want to get into first? I guess the first, let's just do this first. Cause this is the obvious biggest storyline. Pete DeBoer returns to the playoffs in the conference final. And he's on the opposite side. Now he was on the other team in 2020 and now he's with the stars. That's going to be an interesting storyline. How is that going to affect the series, you think? Yeah, and everyone also kind of talks about the potential advantage that brings having DeBoer here. Uh, I mean, he's just one year removed, so he probably does know a lot of the players and maybe strengths and weaknesses on him. But overall, I think that's I think that's pretty overstated. I am not, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, you can have that knowledge, but the ability to exploit that is a lot different, I feel like. So I, I don't think that's a, a huge advantage for the Stars. It's a fun storyline for sure, though. Mm-hmm. There's, I just, I just like getting the rematch from three years ago. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, the 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 year that everyone says, "Oh, that year didn't matter. That doesn't count," and the same teams are right back, right back where they were. <laughs> yep. And the the other thing about this too, about your argument, Chris, is John Stevens, former assistant coach with the Dallas Stars, just last year is an assistant coach with the Vegas Golden Knights right now underneath uh, Bruce Cassidy. So, I mean, it goes both ways. I don't think this is a weird thing. I think this happens in the NHL all the time where this coach was with this person and this coach was with this person and they know the tendencies of of the players and stuff like that. I don't, I agree with you, Chris. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, For you, James, I, I think that this is definitely exciting because this proves Something that I was hoping it wasn't the case is that the 2020 bubble run was a fluke. And I I think this run for the Dallas Stars kind of validates them. Now, I would also argue that this run by the Vegas Golden Knights also validates them in the fact that last year was a complete fluke. It was a complete fluke. They lost over 500 man games to injury and then... Pete DeBoer basically got fired because of that reason. I, I mean, I would argue that that's that that's the case. So yeah, one of the worst, most injured seasons ever. Yeah, <laughs> ever. I, yeah. I don't think they needed validation. And, and still, I, almost, still almost made the playoffs. I think it just proves that last year was a fluke, like you said. Um, and that's not. It wasn't really a surprise, in my opinion, that Vegas got went away from Pete DeBoer. They've done that the, their entire existence. Yeah. I mean, one thing happens the other way against the person. Boom, he's gone. I mean. The way they just got rid of Flurry, just immediately, no questions asked. 
that's just the way they operate their team. And it's interesting. And it's worked for their entire existence. So kind of a weird uh, juxtaposition to the way the rest of the league operates. And that's being friendly, smiling, trying to keep everybody on your side. The Knights the don't care. They're just, we're going to do whatever it takes to win. And they literally do. So what are some other things that y'all want to talk about? Do you just want me to just to throw some things at you? Or is there something specific y'all want to talk about? The biggest thing that needs to be an advantage for the Stars is goaltending in this series. Uh, we don't know who the Vegas goaltender is going to be. It could be a, a, a number from of three people. Um, <laughs> last series, they were playing Aiden Hill, right? That's his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this goalie from who knows where. They probably... Found him in some college he, campus and drug he him used to the team. be. I think he <laughs> used to be with the Sharks, but before he was with the Sharks, he got traded from uh, the Coyotes. Yeah. So that's where I really know him from is from the Coyotes. He got traded to San Jose, I believe. I'm not sure about that one. And then when they had all of their goaltending depth problems with you know uh, Robin Leonard being out and Logan Thompson, he's been yeah, injured a bunch this him. year. They went out and got him just as some gold goaltending depth. So yeah, but he played He's fantastic last series. Last year, his goals uh, or goals saved above expected was over five, I think. And in That's comparison, fantastic. last series for Otter, he was more than negative two under, maybe might have been under three. Um, so that can tell you you can take that a couple of different ways. You can say, okay, Aiden Hill's playing great and Andre's playing bad, doesn't look good for us. Or you can say Aiden Hill's playing way above where he actually is, and Otter's way below. That's going to even out at some point. Um, I tend to go towards the latter. I don't think that Otter is going to suck as bad as he did as he was last series. And that's to be totally honest. Last series was bad for the Stars for a lot of it. Jake Ottinger playing that bad, zero goals from Jason Robertson. Uh, one of our best defensemen, Essa Lindell played the worst game of his life. And I we mean, still won the series. Yeah, we and I predicted before the series started, I predicted 5-1 for the Stars. I said, if we play as good as we played the last two games against the Wild, we're going to blow them out of the water. And we stunk Did it off. I think yeah. that's as bad as we could have played a series. We still won in seven. Yeah. So... And- and I and that's that's totally credit to the Kraken. I mean, they, they showed why Absolutely. they were such a high offensive team in the regular season. And and they really blew us out of water. And that's I mean, that's why I think Vegas is a better matchup for us. I mean, they're 14th in the league. I mean, versus the fourth of the Kraken in the regular season. The the difference I think here, I think if we play the same way we played against the Kraken, the Vegas are gonna then Vegas is gonna expose it. Um, and the, the key for me is just that Vegas actually has a top line. I mean, you look at Jack Eichel, Ivan Barbashev, and Jonathan Marcheso. I mean, that's they've a been really top good. line. And they've been Jack Eichel, especially, has been fantastic. He's going to get the McDavid treatment from Haskinen, no doubt. But you, we have to play a good series against this team. This team was number one in the Pacific Division for a reason. And like you said, James, their stats are not that good. Like, no. overall, they, they're not top they're... 10 in offense, defense, power play, or penalty kill. And yeah. They are still number one in the Pacific. That's a team that knows how to win. And they got a yep. coach that knows how to win. And that that's how they play. They they play every game as an individual game and they find a way to win it yeah. somehow. And, and the stars have shown that they can do the opposite of that. Yeah. The the very the very nice thing for us going into this series is that the season series with the Vegas Golden Knights, we never lost. Now we won twice in a shootout. <laughs> there we did go. win twice in a shootout, <laughs> but they never they never beat us. We won the other game in regulation. So there's there's something to be said about the stars not having lost to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. I, I don't think that's gonna be a blowout for the series, but it's it definitely shows that these teams play hard. <laughs> and obviously with the two shootouts, it's gonna be close every game, I think. Yeah, this series is going to be extremely close. Even even if the Stars are playing good. If the Stars are playing at the top of their game, Vegas is still going to match it. And when we played them, I think all through the games, I think they didn't have Mark Stone. And someone else was injured too. So this team that faced injuries too. The Stars didn't really face very much injuries throughout the season. This team did, and they are still top of the Pacific. Hey guys, this is Ryan here. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. 
Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or a dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, and without breaking the bank. If you were to lose your Raycon earbuds, they're not as expensive as some other earbuds out there that I'm not going to name. So you don't have to feel bad about them as much when you do lose them. So they are on the cheaper side, and they're also great, great quality. Raycon's mission, however, is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there, and you know who I'm talking about. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy-now, pay-later options, and right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat-fee international shipping as well. And here's the best thing. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's how you know you're getting a really good quality product. Some of the other features on these earbuds are just absolutely incredible. I love the noise isolation because with three kids, sometimes it's just nice to escape the world for just a second and not worry about anything else that is going on. Although my wife would probably say that's not a good thing. But anyways, the other thing that I really like about these is they have custom gel tips as well. And with my ears, how they are, I have very small, tiny, itty-bitty, like, elf ears. So it's very hard for me to find, like, gel tips that actually fit well, but these do, and it's fantastic. I love it. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buy Raycon dot com slash thpn light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings sportsbook right now new customers can make a five dollar bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly i'm going to be paying close attention to the lines and odds on the DraftKings sportsbook app for the seattle kraken and the dallas stars series obviously but i'm also looking forward to the carolina hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils series as well. Canes is kind of like my second team, I'll, I'll be honest. I like them a lot. But anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org. In New York, call 8778 H O P E N Y or text H O P E N Y. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And one of the things I wanted to point out with both of these teams is that they're both relatively healthy. I mean, I know we lost Pavelski for a period of time in the first round, but he came back in the second round and was a freaking monster. And then... I, I mean, other than goaltending depth, which they've they've already had to deal with, you know, injuries and the goaltending depth, so it's not really anything new for Vegas. But they've got a couple of goalies who are doing good enough, and in, maybe even in Hill's case, really well, that they're winning games for them. So I'm I, I don't I don't know how. Maybe that's a really big thing for both of these teams is that this, they've been able to be healthy for most of the playoffs and especially for the Stars for a majority of the regular season. For sure. One thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, the other matchups that the different... I mean, both teams have gone through very different teams. The 
Golden Knights went up against the Jets, and the Jets kind of rolled over and just died. Yeah, the Jets beat uh, themselves. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they play the Oilers, and the Oilers just can't match them five on five at all. Like, yeah. not it's not even close. They killed them five on five. And for for the Stars, I mean, we had to play the hardest hitting team, and the one that wants to injure you. We we somehow. <laughs> scrapped out of that one with only one injury which is honestly fantastic when you think about it and yeah, then we the played Lena was playing <laughs> yeah and then and then we played the deepest team in the nhl for the past like however many seasons i mean they, well, and, and they were still a physical team as well yeah. that's noteworthy yeah and, and that's why it's we're up going up against vegas i mean you're looking at okay vegas is a hard-hitting team too I'm, I'm not worried about it we we just played the other two physical teams in the conference and we're just getting the third one we're playing but i think i think three physical teams well and this goes back to chris's point when you look at minnesota they had kaprizov that was kaprizov and zuccarello that was about it and kaprizov was coming off of an injury all right so they didn't really have a top line Seattle had a better top line in general with, with those three guys, but it was still no match for the Stars top line. When you look at this team, when you look at Vegas, and Chris, like you mentioned, Barbashev, Eichel, and Marcheseau, that is a very formidable top line that the Stars have not met yet. They haven't met a team with that what I would argue has just as much firepower offensively as they've got. So I, and, and then on top of that, this Vegas team can forecheck, maybe not to the extent that Seattle did because they don't have to rely on forechecking as much because they can do other things, but they can still forecheck and they can still make you hate your life uh, every time you get hit into and crunched into the boards. So I think that's a very good point that both of y'all are making them. And the interesting thing I find between these two teams is that they kind of play a similar style. So they're going to play, get out of their zone quick. Um, but when they are playing in their own zone, playing against a cycle, they're doing what the Stars are doing. They're locking down the slot, forcing perimeter shots. Uh, yeah. That's what they did against McDavid. I, I feel like that's why they shut him down and why Aiden Hill played so well. Uh, he wasn't Oilers, asked to be huge. Yes. He, was just, he was just asked to make the routine safe. Exactly. The Oilers are not trying to get – they're not going to force an interior chance if they don't have to. McDavid will himself. Everyone else is not going to. They're not going to look for those screenshots. They're not going to look for the deflections. They're not going to look for the dirty goals. They're looking for the pretty plays. They're looking for the plays where you have to add a move in EA in EA Sports. That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> trying stars, to Trevor Zegers this whole thing. They're trying to Trevor Zegers. <laughs> the Stars can get interior and can force themselves interior against a team that plays well, and they can look for those deflections, get in Aiden Hill's face, give him a bump every once in a while, I really feel like that's the biggest advantage the stars have just matchup wise um, is that they can play against a team that locks down the slot. And I think that's going to be extremely good against Aiden Hill. It's going to be difficult to do though as well. Cause I pointed out the biggest advantage for the stars was their goaltending uh, at least on paper. The biggest advantage on paper for Vegas is going to be their blue line. I mean, compared to the stars, Vegas blue line is blowing us out of the water. They have Zach white cloud, as their fifth defenseman. He'd be in our top four easily. But uh, so let's talk about that for a second. Cause, cause I think that is noteworthy though. I agree with you. When you look at the decor as a whole, I 100% agree with you. And then the fact that Colin white cloud, who's one of my favorite non Dallas stars players is your, is their fifth defenseman. They have a very deep lineup with Shea Theodore and with uh, Petrangelo. But who honestly has the best defenseman of both decors? Yeah, we Miro have the Heiskanen. best defenseman. Yeah, for sure. And and he can play thirty plus minutes, and he proved and he's it. Going to he's three going times. to is the problem. He's going to three times. And then on top of that, with a bucket on his head, with a bucket on his head. That's true. With with he's, the wearing the he's wearing the fishbowl. He's wearing the fishbowl. And then on top of that, Suter is playing really well. He's probably playing the best hockey he has as a Dallas Star. And then we've seen the the pairing of Lindell and Miller actually do okay here. And I think that Miller can Chris doesn't agree with me. Miller I think Miller can come in and he can be formidable. Now, here's the here's the thing. If Miller does not do well with Essa Lindell, 
I think it's time to take Thomas Harley and elevate him in the lineup. And I know this is it's not the the right time to be doing that, but in sheltered minutes, he's shown Harley has that he can handle the pressure. And I think, especially playing with Esselindel, who is a more defensively minded guy, and he's used to playing with somebody more offensively minded like Klingberg, that if Harley goes in there and plays with Essa, that they'll be fine. Now that's all based off of logic and nothing off of any kind of results. So that's the scary thing. You're just making assumptions, and you know what happens when you assume things, right? The, the three people in last series that had the least amount of ice time was the Stars' three bottom defensemen. And that's bad. I, I, I think it's way too homer to think that Harley, even as, as good as he's playing, I agree, he's playing very well. He's not matching up to Braden McNabb or Shea Theodore or even I mean, White Cloud. He, he, he can't play with Lindell anyway, though, because they both play on the left side and neither of them can play both sides. Yeah, Lindell I mean, cannot play both sides. Lindell has obviously proven. I mean, he's he, we've <laughs> never put him on the right side. Never. Yeah. I'm just saying that this could this could be an option. And I know that Lindell, like, like you guys have said, that he, he is not used to playing the other side, but still. I still think that that's an option that they could try. More likely to get Harley with Hawkenpaw than Lindell with Harley. I I, I don't think Hawkenpaw is going to play game one, guys. I I don't. I don't don't know if we'll we'll see. It seems like he was doing one game on, one game off. Having four days off, I mean, actually, it's like six, right? Because he didn't play the last game. He didn't play game seven. He might be here for game one. Now, the rest of the series, no clue. Absolutely no clue. But he might be here for game one. Yeah, so let's get into this and let's talk about this because this is another thing that that Stars fans have been talking about and what we should do. So what do you do with the defensive pairings? Because when you look at the games we lost, the the worst games we played in the Kraken series was Game 3 and Game 6. Who is in both of those games? Hawk and Paw. Hawk and Paw. And especially in in Game... Was it Game 3? Maybe it was Game 5. I don't remember. There's a specific game where he and Lindell just absolutely sucked it up. I think that was game, game six. six. It was game six. Okay. You take him out, not because he, you know, you were going to scratch him because of his bad play, but because he literally can't go because of his injury. You throw Miller in there. The Stars play arguably yeah. what a lot of people are saying is the best game mm-hmm. of the best team and game of the yeah. season. The, the, the big the big problem is that you're making Miro play 30 minutes a night, which he can do. We don't know how how many times in a row he can do that. That's what he's not gonna that's be able where to do that every game. He can't. Yeah. No one physically I, I don't can do know. That. I, I don't know. That's Miro Heiskin in that. But it, I mean, and also they, they've said before that it was a lower body injury with Hawk and Paul, which tells me that he's probably skating a whole lot slower. And for a dude who already skates slow, if he's skating slower, he's gonna get gassed by every single player on the ice yeah and lower body injuries especially for bigger guys is even worse um uh i don't, I don't know what the right answer is because when you don't play Hawk the, the right Hawk, answer is that you play miro and Suter 30 minutes a night every night <laughs> that's what that's what you're doing that's the question that really is the question though it's funny but if you don't that's have what we're gonna in, do miro is going to play 30 minutes a night and he might just collapse at some point so, the, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we made it halfway there. there. We made it halfway there, and Miro's only had to do it like two times. We just I think so, did it three times in the last series. And, okay. and one and of them wasn't overtime. Not like, though, so, and yeah, it's not like in the games that he didn't get to no, thirty minutes that he didn't get twenty five plus. Like he yeah. plays every game, he plays twenty five plus. Right? Yeah, let's, let's I be mean, honest. the the dude is like the third in the regular season. He had the third most time on ice played overall. Like third most, so that he's going to play a lot. Uh, he obviously can play a lot. He did it during the regular season. Uh, he's gonna have to play more for another, however many games it takes. Another three yeah. weeks. I, I think Hawkinpaw is going to slot back in if, if he's healthy. If he's healthy enough to go, I think he's gonna go. Um, and that'll be Miro's off night. <laughs> then, Regardless, and, if we only twenty-seven minutes a night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and if he can't go, I, I think it's it spells trouble, and we're going to need to rely on Otter a lot more. And our power play. Right. Okay. And that's a perfect segue. Let's get into that. Because 
it when you look at the stats for both the teams, they're pretty even, honestly, when you look at the general stats, not at analytics or anything like that. But you look at goals for per game, uh, goals against per game. When you look at the shot differential, the hits is a little bit more so in Vegas' favor. That's the most lopsided one. That's the only one the Stars don't win, too. (laughs) Right. But the one that's even more lopsided, James, is the one you just mentioned, is the power play percentage and then the the penalty kill percentage. In the playoffs, this is the playoffs, the Stars on the power play are 31.7%. And the Vegas Golden Knights are 17.5%. Okay, so that is a very large difference between the two. When you look at the penalty kill, 83.3% for the Stars and 60% for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, you do have to look at that those numbers with kind of a magnifying glass a little bit and kind of step back a little bit from the magnifying glass because they literally did just play against the best power play in NHL history, I would argue. And, and they got slaughtered on the penalty kill. I mean, the Stars would have too if you had gone against Connor McDavid and I, Leon Dreisaitl. I don't think that's true, but okay. I no, think we would have. Have. I, think I, I don't have. think the Stars would have been slaughtered on it. This The Vegas Golden Knights were not good in the regular season on the penalty kill either. I think they were like 17th. They were the bad. Oilers had the, the two best matchups in round one and two for their power play. Yeah. And and they absolutely lit them up. And that's that's why honestly it was so close. When when one of your hundred point players just disappears in the playoffs, <laughs> that's a problem. The only problem I have is that going on as we've gone through the playoffs, the calls have been less and less and less and less. Um the last two games the stars had two power plays, I think, against wow. the Kraken. And they did very good. Uh they, they were disciplined well. <laughs> The game seven, though, there was plenty was of chances for the Stars to have power plays. And they really dominated that game and got one power play. The game was dominated completely by the Stars, and the calls were even. I mean, obviously that's wrong, but that doesn't mean the refs are going to change it. I mean, mm-hmm. we we know this is what happens in the playoffs. Whistles kind of get put away, except for that one season. When was it? Last year? I don't know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I I... We can't. You can't count on calls. You're gonna have to win at five on five again. Uh, we were able to do that against the Kraken when we we're playing bad. We have to play good five on five and do it against Vegas. I don't think we're gonna be able to rely on power plays. Well, and the thing about these non-power play games, if for lack of a better term, they're gonna be a lot closer, right? I mean, the Stars are used to blowing out opponents in the regular season. I mean, 4-1, 5-1, 6-2, you know, stuff like that. That happened on quite a regular basis. They did not win very many one-goal games. So I I think in order for the Stars to be successful, they're going to have to figure out how to win these one-goal games. I I know that Game 7 against Seattle was technically a one-goal game, but in all reality, it wasn't. That game game was a 1,000% a one-goal game, right? It played as a one-goal game. 90% of the game was a one-goal game. 90% 90% of it. It was it was 0-0 for 36 minutes, and then it was 1-0 for another 20. Yeah. That's uh, a thousand percent a one-goal game. And even after the second goal was scored, it still played like a one-goal game. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'll take you I'm going to agree with James. Sure. I think that was a, that's a point in the Stars' favor. Okay. But, yes, um, I agree with you. I mean, we've lost multiple overtime games already. Yeah, I mean two- – Two overtime game losses is not bode well, especially when we think this series is going to be very close with two yeah. good defensive teams. Mm-hmm. And I think in order for the Stars to be successful, and I mean, this is Vegas. that This is not Seattle. No offense to Seattle. And this is not Minnesota. No, Okay, all offense to, C- to Minnesota. Yeah, all uh, but there you go. <laughs> but I really feel like they can't go out and lose the first game of the series in this series. I, it's just a gut feeling. They got to go out and maybe, maybe you can lose game one and win game two, but you cannot lose both of the games in Vegas. You have to win one of those games. I feel like in they order just, for the stars to win the series, they have to show up and be ready for game one. I mean, first period, the first period of both of our game ones has been the worst period of the entire series. It, it, except for always that second period, but whatever. Yeah. It goes against my point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the stars have to show up prepared and have to show up and impose their will on the other team. And we haven't seen that yet in a game one. And, and we really need to see that, especially and, in Vegas, who has one of the rowdiest buildings in the ho- National Hockey League. 
Yeah, and it's it's got to be the whole team. I mean, we yeah. we tried the one person showing up in the Seattle series. Pavelski showed up, scored two goals, and we gave it right away instantly. Yeah, you got to all show up. You got to be playing defense. That's that's what that's all I want. Show up and play defense, bare minimum. I want I want to get on this too a little bit because this was something that I actually noticed from several members of the the stars team all the teammates of his robertson still has not really gotten it going to the point that i guess where our expectations lie for him let's say that he's still been very good he's still been very good and especially me i'll admit i've had to eat my words on on him it just feels like something's off and he's snake bit right now so what the team did is after their their third win in game five against the Seattle Kraken, they all went to the defense of, J- of Jason Robertson. All of them went to the defense. And he even got uh he even got some uh sorry, dad came in the background and distracted me. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> what did he bring you, James? An oatmeal cream pie. Oh, I hate I hate you. It's not fair. Oh. Okay. I'll take the L. This is my second L of the night. Uh, but I think in this series, if the stars are going to win this series, Robertson has to get on the goal sheet. He did not have any goals. Like you mentioned, Chris in the series against the Seattle Kraken. Now on the flip side of that, he has had 12 points. He's had 12 points in 13 games in the playoffs. So you can't really be mad at him because he's, (laughs) he's, he's setting people up. Right. Okay. But I really feel like he's got to get on the actual in the goal column in, in order for the stars to win this series. And I agree, disagree. Power play. I, I agree. I, I think he's going to get power play goals. I really, I really think he is. I mean, I know we're not going to get as many chances, but we're going to get some against a bad power play. We should be able to get a couple in this series, at least more than last. I, yeah. I, I just don't know. I think we have to see more from Jason Robertson. And it, the weird thing with his play in the last series is it was really up and down. Like uh, the, the expected goal stat, it's, mm-hmm. sometimes he's doing his normal thing, has really good advanced analytics. And then other games in the series, it was gone. I mean, he wasn't there. He wasn't on the list. Yeah, I mean, so it's... it has he has to be consistently going to scoring areas and consistently getting chances and he has to do that every game, especially when you're in a slump. You have to do all the right things and hope that one goes in at some point and that dam can break. Yeah. He's... So I think it's a combination of snake bit and a combination of him not playing great sometimes. I mean, he's a thousand percent in a in a valley right now. I mean, he has 37 shots and his shot percentage is 5.4, which it was like 15, 16 percent in the regular season. So it, it's substantially dropped. The shots are just not going in. And especially in the Seattle series, I mean, half of them were getting blocked. So we'll, we'll he, he's just, he's got to keep shooting. And I think they'll, the goals will come eventually. Yeah. It's similar to what I think of uh, Jake Ottinger. It, it can't really get much worse than it was last series. So I, I think we're going to expect, we're going to expect more from him. We're going to see more from him. And we better hope we will because we're going to need it if we're going to beat Vegas. They're a much better team than the Kraken were. With Ottinger, I don't think worse is the right word. I think the right word is just inconsistent. I mean, up and down all through the series. He he had good play, bad play, good play, bad play. And, and you could say the same thing for Robertson to a certain extent. He was more consistent than Ottinger. It's just he hasn't had anything go in for him. And... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and it, I'm stealing it from Razor, but it, it just feels like if you get one, the dam's just gonna completely explode for him. He, I mean, he's, he's gonna get one, and then he's just gonna score twelve goals in three games. And that's what I'm hoping happened with Otter in Game Seven. I mean, I mean, and, and with Robertson especially, we we saw this in the regular season too. This is kind of how he he just plays. He goes on huge streaks, and he's up and down. I mean, and he still gets assists when he's down, and that's what he's doing. He's still getting assists. He's the second on the second on the team at points. Still, the the goals are going to come eventually. I just hope it's not too late before they start coming because 
that that can happen too. That's I mean, the big thing. There's no yeah. doubt at some point he would start scoring, but he's <laughs> we're running out of time. Yeah. Series isn't aren't very long. All right. Well, we're getting close to an hour. So I I want to mention we're gonna mention two more things here and then we'll wrap things up here for tonight. Uh just interesting fact here. Uh did you know, uh Sheldon Cooper style, um, who is third in the Dallas Stars in points in the playoffs? Any uh, ideas? I have it pulled up, I know. Okay, well, James, then don't say it. Chris Chris already guessed ideas? it. Oh, Domi? Really? He's right. Did you already know that? Uh, I did, but... <laughs> Dang it. My... <laughs> it was no fun. It's not okay. funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but seriously, Max Domi has been very good, and I didn't even I didn't even realize that he had that many points. Did, did you realize that? Yes. Yeah, I, he assisted on, like, every Pavelski goal, didn't he? That, that is true. There's half his points. Yeah, Domi was fantastic in that series. He was seriously otherworldly. And you saw yeah. that every time he played. His his stick handling was incredible. His passes were perfect. It, he is really extremely good. And if Sagan could – Sagan's a little snake bit in that series, too. If Sagan could find the back of the net, he would might be above Jason Robertson right now. Mm-hmm. I don't All think right. Sagan scored a goal in that series either, did he? All five he were almost on the, power the play prettiest in the first goal round. of the playoffs with that yeah. dangle. He looked like rope of hands on that. He did. Okay. Anyways, so last two things to mention. First, the first thing of this is I just want to tell people to shut up about all this. That the fact that only Sunbelt teams are remaining in the playoffs, I think this is good for hockey. Honestly, like if, if you're talking about wanting to grow the game especially in the South where there's a whole bunch of people who don't even know what ice looks like, then this is something that should be celebrated. You've got Dallas, you've got Florida, you've got Carolina, and you've got Vegas. I mean, those all of those markets are, are what you would call non-traditional hockey markets, and all the teams are doing fantastically. So I don't understand this whole argument on Twitter about some people saying, oh, well, the – the ratings are going to be super bad and no one's going to really watch and stuff They're like that. They're just mad because the Canadian teams got eliminated. It's they were supposed to be good. They were they were both like favorites for the cup and now they're out in the second round. But, Cry about it. But they're also they're also just wrong though. Games. Because if you look at the TV ratings for the Stars Kraken game, the game 7, which the similar game they the compared it to last year was a Monday night game 7 with the New York Rangers one of the largest fan bases in the NHL. And it was almost the same. I think the stars Kraken was 2% less viewership. So it's just incorrect. They're just wrong too. Um, the other thing I'm seeing about the Sunbelt teams is that uh, three out of four of them have no uh, income tax. So they have an unfair advantage. Oh, I hadn't heard oh. that. That's so stupid. Yeah. So oh, that's really crying wine. You little babies. Come on. So first of all, the first thing they say is, oh, I'm just stating a fact. First of all, no, you're bringing it up because you want it to change. Everyone knows that. You think it's unfair <laughs> and you want there to be a rule about it. Luxury what about tax. the rules against uh, players getting endorsement deals in Canada? I can guarantee you the Stars players are not getting nearly as many endorsement deals as they would if they played for Toronto or oh. Edmonton or yeah. something like that. So are Did we going to eat- take that into account? No, that's just stupid. So the people trying to say that we have an unfair advantage Every team has different advantages and disadvantages. Sucks that one of your disadvantages is having a terrible government. That's not our fault. <laughs> Jeez. Shots <laughs> <Ow>. fired. <laughs> Dang, Chris. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um, and the the last thing I want, I, I kind of want to mention here tonight before we wrap it up is the player who's probably been the best offensively for the Dallas Stars. We've talked about Miro. We got to mention Robey Hintz. And I know we we joked at the beginning of the podcast with the whole tequila thing, but he is seriously not being considered enough, in my opinion, for the Con Smythe. And I know all the betting odds, and they do stuff about based off of oh well, this team is more likely to be this team, so this person's not going to win this Con Smythe because this team is worse. I don't care. He's not getting enough national attention like Robertson has this year. Robertson has gotten the attention that he deserves, and I would argue that he's no longer overlooked or underrated. Robe Hintz is 
absolutely getting overlooked and not enough pl- people are talking about him. Yeah. So Art Ross at odds, I think a lot of sports books have him at like 10 or 11. Consmith. Consmith. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Consmith. Too many names. But yep. yeah, that it's, I think that's a pretty good bet. If you want to couple, put a couple of bucks on Rope to win the, win the Consmith. There we go. There you All go. Right. I had to think about that for a second. I mean, the, He's he's been ridiculous. He has the second or third best shot percentage in the playoffs right now. When, once you get like past like thirty shots, there's some people like Pavelski who has like a thirty three on like seventeen shots. His ankles, <laughs> but those are anomalies. the The fact though is he he hung with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl through the first two rounds. He he did. He matched them point for point against better defenses. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Against better defenses, that's very true. I, I I don't know what more I have to say. I mean, he's he's going up like points wise. He's fighting against the best players that we've seen, probably the best players in this decade at least. It's like or in the coming decade, like he's matching them perfectly in the playoffs. And those points you're talking about, James. He's got nine goals, ten assists. And 19 points in 13 games. Absolutely monstrous numbers. And even if he gets two points uh, on Friday night, he eclipses, uh, I think it's Connor McDavid that has 20 points right now. So one more point. And he's one more point to tie him and two to beat him. And McDavid's out of the playoffs. So he has more even strength. He has more even strength points than McDavid does. And he's tied with Leon Dreisaitl with even strength. So that. We need to sing the praises of Rope Hens right now. He absolutely deserves it. So he does everything that earlier. He just does everything. Yeah. Yeah. We did. I guess we did kind of. (laughs) Um, Okay. Anything else, guys? There's, we could go on for another hour, but I mean, Johnson. Oh, yeah. Who wins the series? Who wins the series and how many? Oh, gosh. James, go. Um, Stars in five because it happened three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Chris, no, you go first. Stars in six, a little bit of homerism. If I was being honest, I'd probably say Vegas in seven. Um, I think you can't go back to to Vegas with the game seven. I I think that's the last thing you want to do. I think Vegas is going to be the best arena that we've seen all season. Their fans are crazy. They're weird. They scream a lot. It's really loud yeah. in there. Don't go back in seven stars at six. I think it's going to be, I, I'm, I'm going to be Homer. I mean, we're a stars podcast. And I I'm said stars at five. If that happens, I'm a genius. Okay. Stars in three. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to say stars in seven. I, I, th- these teams are both too good. They're too close to similar. The, the stats say that, I mean, the athletic released an article today and that the odds were ridiculous. It, how close it was. Vegas, went, I think has a six point percentage margin over the stars. It's 53 to 47. That's what they say. The, and that's like nothing. Like the, the difference between that is nothing. So you think the stars series, win a game seven in Vegas? I do. I do think they would win. With a game honor seven in that, Vegas. you win game seven in Vegas. Yes, he is. He likes to play a villain. So that's kind of what I'm betting on is he plays villain in game seven. Don't ask me how the games are going to go for all. I know it's going to, the, the stars are going to win the first three Vegas is going to win the next three. And then Dallas is going to win the last game. I don't know, but it, it it's going to, we'll, we'll see how this goes, but it's I, gonna I be think the best series by far. It, in my it's going to be really fun. And, you know, honestly, at this point, guys, I really want to win the Stanley cup, but I'm not disappointed. No, at shut all. up, Ryan. Shut, shut up, up. Ryan. If they lose right now, it would be the worst thing that could possibly happen. Okay, We've come I'll too far up. with Joe Pavelski and Ryan Suter and Jamie Benn. We're not and losing. Sagan, Sagan, throw Sagan Wait, in Sagan, there too. Sagan's He's a veteran already now. won a cup uh, technically. Uh, I'll pull a classic Ryan. This is the last year. This is it. This is it right here. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. This team right here. This is it. Even oh, though man. almost all of them are coming back, but this is it. Oh, screw you both. <laughs> they can do it this year, okay? They can right. and they will. They Keys can. for game one. Otter has to be great. We got to get an Aiden Hills grill. I'm done. Not talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Anything else, guys? No, James? Okay. All right. Those of you that are listening live, we appreciate y'all. 17 of y'all are crazy enough to be up at 11.19 on a Wednesday night. Thank y'all for listening. For those of you that are listening afterwards, we appreciate you guys as well. There's even more of y'all. Go ahead and check out StarcasticRemarks.com for all of the latest stuff on our podcast. If you like what you're hearing today, please consider leaving us a five-star review anywhere you listen to your podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube or anything like that, please consider liking, subscribing, commenting, all of that stuff. Let us know your predictions down in the comment section below. And I can't even think. <laughs> Both y'all are so stupid. <laughs> and uh, go and check out StarcasticRemarksShop.com. It's the best way to support us in our, our merch store there. We'd really appreciate it if you guys would do that. And once again, thanks to Raycon and DraftKings for being our sponsors. Along with Chris and along with James, my name is Ryan. They're both doing touchdown, so we're going to do touchdown. I guess I'll do touchdown, too. Yes! Touchdown! Seven goals in the end game one for the Stars is what I'm betting. And we, (laughs) we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And we will be with you guys on Friday. Go Stars!